Optimist with Taylor Berryman is back yet again, this time with T. Walls. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, our, our mutual friend Gerard Longo kind of linked us up. He said, you know, you need to have this guy on. He's really cool. He's smart, super talented. I listened to your new single, Rise Up. Congratulations. It's thank great. You, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. The production is killer on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. My guy, um, I have a guy that I met out here at, um, I can't remember the name of the studio, but his, he goes by the name of John Burke. He's based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I met him out here in Nashville, but I met him probably about two to three years ago, and ever since then, he has been doing all of my like mixing and mastering. So he, he, he does a very good job. I would recommend anyone who's looking for someone to do stuff like that for them, he's the guy to go to. Well, the thing that struck me listening to the song, so is the piano in it, is that a, uh, like a sample or is that something that he composed? So, so I will say as far as the beat that was used, he didn't really compose that. He just handled more of my mixing and mastering. Okay. Uh, I reached out to a separate producer who handled, you know, the entire comp- composition of that beat that was used. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, I saw you have a, a Memphis area coach. Yep. Is that where you grew up? <laughs> yep. So I'm originally from Memphis. Um, I grew up in Memphis. Um, I moved out here into the Nashville area around 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, and I've been out here ever since. I kind of like the vibe that's out here. It's not as you know chaotic as Memphis is. Um, the traffic out here isn't the best, but I mean, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I like Memphis. It's been a few years since I've been there, but it's a place that has... A sense of history. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, with the blues and, you know, just the way the city is itself. It's it's a great city to be to, you know, to visit. Uh, I, I recommend anyone, you know, who hasn't been, you know, to the city that, you know, just go visit and, you know, just see what, see what comes from it. You never know. Yeah, I've been um, to the Stax Records yep, Museum. I've been there, yep. I'm a huge Stax fan, so yep. one of my favorite <laughs> bass players is Donald Duck Don, who's a bass go. player yep. for Booker T and the MGs. Yep. Um. And I, of course, Sun Studios and Graceland and all yep. of that stuff. It's yep. ju- it's just there's what's so crazy about Memphis to me is it was a huge cultural epicenter for America and yep. America is a huge cultural epicenter for the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean, you know, I kind of feel like um, recently it hasn't been getting as much exposure as it should, you know, in that type of aspect. But yeah, man, you know, Memphis is known for, you know. The blues, recently, I feel like there's been a lot of hip-hop artists that's kind of been coming out of Memphis recently, but uh, I feel like there's a big, you know, culture and a big, you know, diversity behind music in in Memphis just, you know, as a whole. Well, it's the merging of many different types of American music. It's the merging of uh, country and blues, and when you do that, you get rock and roll. There you go, yep, 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 and I mean, all the rock and roll you've heard from Memphis, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's all, you know, unique and great to listen to every day. Yeah. Uh, so when did you first get into like rapping? Like, how did man, that start? So that's a that's a good question. So I'll say, man, back in like 2000, maybe like seven or eight, I had a cousin, um, and my cousin his 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 uh, his stage name was six three. The reason that was his name is because that's his that was his height. He was literally six foot three inches. So he named himself that. And I mean, you know, me listening to him back when I was a kid. Um, 
I always have told myself, you know, I just enjoy writing. And I mean, when I say writing, I meant like poetry back then. Like I love to listen to myself rhyme through poetry. So uh, one day he asked me um, if I would do a song with him. I did it. And it's like ever since I've done that song, it's always been a great hobby of mine. And for years, so many people have told me, hey, you should pursue your hobby more into, you know, a career and just kind of see where it goes. Um, but there's been several things that's kind of like, you know, been against me for, and it's kind of like weighed me down to like stop doing it in a sense. Um, so with that being said, I mean, I've been doing it since about 2007, but, um, everything from graduating high school to finishing college, all of those have been different obstacles that I've kind of like, you know, took a step back and finished those objectives first. Um, but it's kind of like now since all that stuff is good and I'm out here and, you know, my career, I feel like this is a good time, you know, to really pursue it. So right now, you know, I'm doing everything as far as, you know, reaching out to all the different media sources and, you know, trying to really connect with everyone to get my name out there. Because I feel like at this time, I have no distractions. I have nothing stopping me. And I feel like this is the time to go ahead and make it happen. Well, when you want to do something, especially when you're a kid, I, I can relate to that in a way being in high school because I, I knew from the time that I was 15 that I wanted to be a musician. Yeah. That, that was all I was ever fucking interested in. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care about anything else. Yeah. I didn't care about school. Yeah. I didn't want to go to class, any of that. And I knew like at the first chance that I got to finally leave school and go pursue music, that's exactly what I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I say, man. And, and what's crazy, man, is it's like so many different things have kind of like been in my path and in my way. And I've had, you know, several different opportunities to kind of put it down. But if I just feel like every time I try to, I, I have a, I have a. Uh, a, a hobby of just listening to sounds being composed together. I love listening to all different type of instruments, beats, all that stuff. So, you know, with me doing that, every time I do that, the first thing I start to do is come up with a pattern in my head and I just start vibing and just writing stuff. And I mean, there are several different things that I just write on a daily basis. I don't always record everything, but I mean, I write so much when it comes to music and man, it's just hard for me to get away from it. I feel like it's built in my blood and it's, it's a passion of mine, to be honest with you. I feel like, you know, it's, it's meant for me to do that. Well, the, the thing, too, about uh, composing music, no matter what kind of music it is, it's a muscle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's, there are times where you could be, you know, I have not written anything in a while, and then you just come up with something great yep. in five minutes. What's, what's, what's crazy is a lot of times, too, that's kind of what happens. Sometimes I'll have my moments where, you know, maybe I'll start writing something. I'll kind of just put it to the side and come back to it. Um, but there's also been times where I will put, you know, I write a lot of stuff on my phone. So in my notes, that's where all my lyrics are saved. Um, but there are several times where, you know, I'll step away for maybe a month or two and then I'll hear something and I'm like, oh, wow, let me drop everything and write to this immediately. And I mean, it's it's always just been, you know, an interest of mine. It, it's, it's so hard to put it down. So let me ask you this. Does the opposite happen where you come back to something after a month or two and you're like, what is this? This is not good. So so I will say I've had a few projects where, you know, I've written and recorded and I always listen to it and think to myself, you know, what was kind of going through my mind? Yeah. But at the same time, I love listening to stuff like that because I get to see the progression, you know, over months and over years Absolutely. to see where I started and where I've come from. So, yeah, um, yeah I love I love watching that type of stuff, man. It makes me feel so good to see and listen to my music and be like hey I've come a long way from you know what I did two three years ago so what is it like for your recording process are you going into the studio and you have an idea of what you're doing do you have demos or so so most of the time when I record stuff I already know exactly what I'm going to record before I record it 
So most of the time for, you know, verses, hooks, courses, all that stuff, I have all that stuff pre-written. Um, I will say once I get in there, um, a lot of things kind of happen on the fly. So a lot of things are added, you know, at the same time. And I mean, it's really just the vibe that I'm getting. And that's another reason why I love working with John Burke so much. It's just because me and him, I feel like we sync on a lot of different things. Um, they always say, you know, a great song comes from two different elements. Uh, one is, you know, the artist and what he brings and then making sure you have a good engineer. With him, I feel like he is my designated engineer, even though he's all the way in Cleveland right now. Yeah. Me and him always are composing good things, and I love working with the man because he understands the type of objectives I want and the drive that I have, and then I can see the same on his end. So um, it always works out, man. But, yeah, a lot of times I just go in with just a verse and a chorus written, and then I'll just add in a lot of stuff kind of like as it happens. And it's a process. I love it. But, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's hard work for sure. So do you go in with like a notebook or written down? It's all on my phone. All on your Everything phone. Everything is on my phone. So a lot of times I'm just reading straight from my phone unless I've memorized it. I will say most times when I write stuff, though, I haven't memorized it. Most of the time I memorize it maybe before I go on stage or, you know, going to a show or whatever. Um, but a lot of times when I go in and record, most of the time it's, it's just on my phone. Yeah, I, I, like for me, it's probably like 50-50 whenever I'm writing because... Sometimes I'll go to record like a, a vocal melody. I might have a melody, but I yep. don't have any of the lyrics yet. Yep, yep, yep. So I'll just start recording, you know, just for demo purposes. Yep. And I'll just start singing. And there's there's been plenty of times where I've written lyrics that don't make any sense whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. but they sound good. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah. going to roll with this. Well, you know, sometimes that's the best way to do it, too, is, you know, you kind of just come up with a generic concept that you want. And then you just kind of just build from it, you know, once you get in there and start, you know, thinking about all the different elements that kind of go into it. So, I mean, it happens that way sometimes. Yeah. No. Have you ever read um, uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? I have not read that. It's a great book. He talks about this thing that he calls uh, the muse. Okay. And he says the muse comes to you whenever you put in the work. So I believe it's, that. it's basically like you sit down every day. It's it's like this divine thing that happens, you know, and I, I've said this on the podcast a bunch of times, but music is the sound of the divine. Yeah, that's true. Like I believe that. whatever heaven, whatever, where the aliens live, whatever you want to say, you <laughs> yeah. know, but I feel like that's where music really comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, with music, it originates from so many different places, man. I feel oh, like yeah. it's the easiest way for people to express themselves. Um, a lot of people do it, you know, through all different types of genres. And I mean, myself, I try to be very versatile when it comes to stuff like that. I try not to just do strictly just hip hop. Yeah. Um, I have a few pop songs that's out. I have several R&B songs that's out. To be honest, I would love to do a collaboration with like a rock and roll band, but yeah. I just haven't had the opportunity to do so. But I try not to limit myself because I feel like limiting yourself, you're limiting the full potential that you could, you know, bring out of yourself if you're trying different things. Well, there's, there's something to be said to you for, uh, it's almost like discovering parts of your soul. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whenever you try that new shit that you don't know if it's going to work or yeah. not. And it's always worth trying. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing about me, man. I've never been afraid of trying new shit, new shit. Like to be honest, that's, that's probably how I've gotten myself into so many different genres when I start writing stuff is I just start trying new shit and then I'll listen to it. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's different. I didn't think I had it in me, but I mean, hey, I fucking love how it sounds. And most of the time when I get good feedback from people on stuff like that, it just, you know, drives me to continue putting out that type of new stuff. I, everything that I record, I try to make it 
get, you know, a new sound from myself. I don't want to never give anyone the same sound they've had from me in a previous single or previous, you know, EP or album or whatever the case may be. Well, that's what's great about an artist like Prince or David yep. Bowie. You yep. know, they, they have this signature sound, but they are always through the years coming out with like a new iteration of oh, themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So with that being said, who would you say is your favorite like artist you'd like to listen to? I'm just curious. Well, you know, it's a it's a good question. So I, I'll give I'm going to give a long answer on okay. this. Okay. <laughs> so I grew up playing the Beatles, the Stones, stuff like that. But it got to a certain point, as much as I love that, I can get kind of burned out on that stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I listened to the Beatles or the Stones right now. Okay. You know, I'm, I yeah. might have a song on shuffle when I'm driving in the car or something like that. But I think as a consumer of music, because first and foremost, I'm a fan. Like, yeah. I, I listen to everything. There's a couple people that I really enjoy for like different reasons um like miles davis for instance he is a master at what he does and and jazz music jazz music to me is like complete mastery of being like an instrumentalist you have to know your instrument backwards and forwards and you have to understand theory you have to do all of that so i'm drawn to that for that reason and, and jazz in general uh, someone like Herbie Hancock. Do you know Herbie Hancock? Oh, yes, yes. I'm familiar yeah. with the name, yep. Yeah, so he... Um, I love, like, the Headhunters album. Um, it has that song Chameleon on it where it's like... Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, I think I'm familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, so as an instrumentalist, I'm drawn to stuff because I'm a bass player, so I, I play in bands, do that whole thing. And then as a songwriter... There's there's a bunch of different stuff. You know you know the the way that like uh, a hubcap on a car uh, shining in the sun that can influence me to write a song. So it's tougher to say for like songwriter yeah. stuff. Like I get kind of moody sometimes when I write songs. Like I'm feeling a certain kind of way yeah. about something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know whether whether it's about relationship, about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you name it, you know, and, uh, I feel like I, I want to, I have this emotion that I want to express, but I don't know how to necessarily express it in words or by talking to people. And you know, what's funny about that is that's kind of how, you know, I come up with a lot of different things. I get in a certain mood or feeling a certain vibe from something and I just go for it. I'll start writing something and I won't stop. And then I'll look up and I'll have, you know, three different songs written in two hours. Yeah. And then at that point, I'm just, you know, looking for the best sound to kind of put to the lyrics that I've come up with. But man, I can write literally in any given situation about anything. Hell, I can write about a street light if I need to. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's that simple for me. But I mean, I just, I just love the concept of, you know, just, of just doing it. It's, it's an easy way to express yourself. Um, and I feel like that's one thing I do. It's, it's, that's probably the best way I express myself is through some of the music that I put out. Did 6-3 teach you how to kind of write nope. verses or anything nope. like that? So the only thing um, I think he kind of taught me was um, he told me, I guess, like the bar count. So I think the first verse I wrote with him was maybe like eight bars. He kind of taught me just how to like really like a line, you know, the different lines of the beat with the bars. But I mean, once he told me that, it was just like history ever since then. And I mean, no one is really, you know, 
taught me really how to like come up with the schemes that I come up with. I just I just kind of go for it. I'm the type of person where you know I like to I like to jump into something and just give it a try just to see you know how good I may be at it. And if I'm noticing that you know I'm getting good feedback and you and, and noticing that you know I'm really enjoying it, I'll keep doing it. So I mean. You know, hats off to 6'3". I don't think he does music anymore, but, I mean, I'm sure he'd be proud to know that I'm still, you know, in it. And, I mean, I'm in it for the long run. I want to see where it goes. Did you look up to him when you were a kid? Oh, know? yeah, yeah. That's my cousin, my big cousin. How how much older is he than you? Um, maybe maybe about six, eight years. He's not too, too much older than me, but, I mean, when he was in, like, high school, I think I was maybe in fifth grade or something. I don't okay, <laughs> so he's old enough to where you saw him driving, yeah, he had yeah. girlfriends, yeah, he yeah. was listening to cool music yeah. you didn't know about, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, man, he... He was doing the music stuff well before I really got into it. I had always said I wanted to, and then he kind of called me one day. I was like, hey, if you want to come over here and record something, come over. Come over. So I went over and recorded the song, and I think he actually put the song out. I don't know, I don't know what the song's at now, but, I mean, that was, man, that was, that was a while ago, man. That was like 13 years ago. That's crazy. How old were you? Maybe, I don't I don't know, 10, 11. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, that's yeah. young. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Well, so that's cool that he did yeah, that with yeah. like a 10 or 11-year-old. He's yeah. like, come over. Yeah, yeah. He was he was all in, because he, he was intrigued. I think what helped too is I think my parents used to tell him all the time, hey, I think he wants to really try to get into that. And I mean, you know, growing up, my parents supported me, you know, doing that type of stuff. They tried to help me, you know, really get a lot of different things in motion to really see where it went. Um, but at the same time, nobody really had the right guidance to really get it to where it needed to be so you know with that it was really just a lot of me promoting it within my friends uh, me promoting it within my high school uh, what's funny is the biggest highlight I had during that time is uh, my high school class allowed me to perform one of our big songs at my prom so that was crazy that was like my first real time performing in front of a big audience I mean it was a few hundred people there that night and it was that was probably the first time where I had a bunch of people singing one of my songs like you know live in front of me like that was probably that was a great feeling I would love to get that feeling again were you scared? I won't really say I was nervous I mean because at this point there were so many people that knew the song and that just that just made it even easier for me. The more people that I felt were engaged, it just it, it just felt like it just came natural at that point. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. You know, since then. Did you grow up in a musical household? Were your parents? So I mean, my dad, um, he 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 loves music. My mom, she listens to it a little bit, but my dad has always loved music. He's a big. I'll say he listens to a little bit of rap, but he was big on you know soul. He used to listen to a lot of Marvin Gaye, like all that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, I feel like when I really get to thinking about, you know, the way I write and stuff, I feel like a lot of it kind of comes from, you know, that aspect of it. And that kind of gives me the versatility to jump around, you know, from one genre to the next, you know, just based on the type of things that he kind of put around me when I was growing up. Well, there's so many great records, like hip-hop records from the 80s and 90s that sample Marvin Gaye. Oh, yeah. That sample Booker T and the MGs. Yeah. That yeah. sample The Meters. Like, all the great funk and soul bands of the yeah. 60s and 70s, because all of those rappers were growing up, and that was the music they were listening yeah. to. Yeah. And then they were like, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think my biggest influence as of recently has been The weekend. I don't know what it is, but... I feel like I, I can understand a lot of the perspectives he try to give people, and I love just how he's just so versatile with all his music. Like it is, it's, it's big for me. There's one song that he has that I I really really like. Um, it's an older one. 
Um, I know you cry when I run away or something like that. Yeah, okay. I, it sure was one of the it was one of the big radio hits. Yeah. I didn't say I don't sound like the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But um because it like he's interesting too, because he's really like a hybrid of almost like Michael Jackson, but also 80s alternative music. Oh yeah. I'm not sure if you've listened to his most recent album, but that's exactly what all of it is. Don FM, it literally sounds just like what you just explained. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, when I first heard it, it was kind of different for me just because, I mean, I'm not used to hearing that type of music from him. But, man, after about a week of listening to it, I was like, wow. I was like, this guy is talented as hell. Like, just how he can just really just bounce around and, you know, feel all these different emotions and really just put it into this music. I'm, shit. I, I I need to take some lessons. I'm just like, damn, man, like this shit's this shit's great. Well, anytime like an artist is is truly a great artist, they're able to take those left turns. Cause what I've heard maybe like some of the songs that are just on the radio, yeah. like the singles for yeah. this album. And it sounds different, but I'm still like, this is still the weekend. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? He yeah. has his sound and like everybody like throughout time who who is a great artist has that signature sound yeah. where it's like this is them. And, you know, that's one thing I've always wondered about myself. You know, what would people kind of think of my sound to be? And I only say that just because, I mean, you know, someone was to ask me that question. I don't feel like I could give them a definitive answer just because I'm all over the place. And I know I'm all over the place. I mean, every song I have, nothing sounds the same in my opinion. So I would love to just hear, you know, what someone would have to say as far as, you know, who was. I would love to hear who someone would compare me to is probably the better way to say that. You know, that's interesting you say that because I feel like people, they compare you to what they know and what they yeah, like. Yeah, that's true. If they that's like true. you. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So if their favorite artist is whoever, like, they, you could sound nothing like DMX and they'll be like, yeah, you, you really sound yeah. like DMX. You <laughs> yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, just because that's their favorite artist. That's because yeah. they're their yeah. favorite artist and, and you know that, And you know, that's another reason, too, why I try to take so many different approaches when I write stuff and when I record stuff. It's just because I don't want to just give someone just a DMX sound. With that being said, I'm sure I probably have a song that probably would, to a DMX fan, would remind them of him. Yeah. But at the same time, I can give somebody the week, I can give somebody the vibe of like Chris Brown or something if I wanted to, just because I I mean, shit, like I said, I have all type of different music. I mean, I have features with several different people, and I mean, nobody sounds the same that I work with. And every, like I said, every vibe I go for, I try to make it a different and unique sound. But at the same time, I want to relate to, you know, the audience itself. I yeah. try to relate to a lot of different audiences when I write my music. Yeah, well, you know, like every time, let's take Prince, for instance. Prince, going back to the fact that he had a sound, he was always doing something kind of different. Or again, David Bowie. Like David Bowie, he got his start as like a glam rock guy. Yeah. But then in the 80s, he worked with Nile, like uh, Nile Rogers from Chic yeah. um, on like Let's Dance and all of that. And it's just different. You know what I mean? It's yeah. different than when he was wearing all the makeup and he had the mullet and all that <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I appreciate, too, like, I'm not an artist that has, like, pageantry, like, either one of those guys. Like, I'm pretty much, I am how I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I always, and, like, The weekend is good at that, too. He is someone who is good, like, 
at becoming like a new thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I mean, if you look at like just the trend and just you know each different album, he has like a completely new demeanor in each one. Yeah, it's so crazy to me. So to change the uh, the topic, have you seen the new Batman movie yet? I have not seen the new Mad ba- the new Batman movie. I've heard good things about it, but I have not seen. I that. saw it. Is it worth um, it? it? It's good. Okay. okay, it's good. Robert Pattinson was was a pretty good Batman. I liked him. Zoe Zoe Kravitz was really hot. And then um, my favorite part of the movie was uh, was Colin Farrell. Really? As the Penguin? Yeah. Wow. Have you seen any pictures of him? He looks- no, I have not. I haven't seen anything in regards to it except the previews, and I'm trying to keep it that way. Yeah, <laughs> just go, go in completely blank. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm someone who, like, I'm really influenced by movies yep. um, and, and my own music. Like, um, directors in particular. Like, I really love Martin Scorsese. Um, Quentin Tarantino, there you go. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, stuff like that. Like, yeah. I think that's the other fun thing about creating too. As part of my writing process, sometimes I'll watch a movie and get obsessed with like a certain idea. Yeah, that I'm seeing as a repeated theme in it. Yep, and that's what I'm trying to ex- like express or convey because it makes me feel a certain thing just in me. I can I can understand that because I've been the same way with TV shows. I'll get I'll watch TV shows and I'll love like a character's demeanor and I'll try to like mimic that sometimes in you know some things that I write. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. I've never really even thought about that until you just said that. What uh what TV shows do you like? So man, have you ever seen Ozark? You know, I haven't, but everybody oh always talks God. about that. If you show. haven't seen Ozark, Ozark is a twisted but crazy ass show. I'm so ready for the last few episodes. I think they release next month. Yeah, if you haven't watched Ozark, I'm not going to talk about it much, but that's a good one to watch. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah. Multiple people have told me to to check it out. Like, I like gritty crime dramas like Oh, okay, that. well, yeah, yeah. If you watch that one, that one is it's, it's kind of off the rails because it's, it's so different. I've not, you know, ever watched anything like that. But after a few episodes and I really kind of saw what it really was about, I was like, this shit is crazy. Have you, so if you like crime, so you said you do like crime shows, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't watch like too much like TV shows actually. Yeah, One yeah. that I really loved was Mindhunter. Did you see that? I have not seen that. So that's all about the start of the FBI starting to investigate serial killers. Wow. Okay. okay. Um, but it's a really badass show. Yeah. It's done by... Um, Fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. But uh, it's a guy, He, I think he directed, he's directed a couple of big movies. He directed like Seven and a couple of other movies like that. Um, super just dark. Yeah. Creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's so scary, like the show itself. It doesn't show too much gore in the show. It scares you with how the people are because mm. basically what they're doing when they're first starting to investigate serial killers, they're going to prisons yep. and going to talk to these guys who have killed, you know, people and dismembered them, eaten them. And I'm sure those guys are probably, you know, pretty, pretty vocal about, you know, what's happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's they, fucking crazy. Well, it depends like from person to person. Like the, like there's this one guy who's like really, proud of it you know he was like uh he was based on a real dude too and he just loved the fact that someone was coming to 
talk to him oh and he God. gets off on the manipulation yeah. and yeah. all that oh, shit man. um that, and yeah. some of the guys like they'll go in there and like one of the guys asked for a pair of women's shoes yeah. he's like i'll talk to you if you give me a pair of women's <laughs> shoes and he's like on death row you know so it's just shit like that where they're That's, having that was to this last wish right there yeah, yeah exactly yeah. where they're having to fulfill this because they want to find out why People are this way, you yeah. know, because they, they, like they didn't start investigating serial killers. I think it was the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's probably when you know a lot of the craziness really started. I mean, it happened well before then, but I feel like around that time was like prime time. Yeah, they started to know a little bit more about psychology. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Studies were were much higher than how they had been in the past. I read a, a super scary statistic one time that said. Like, the average IQ of a serial killer is pretty low. But what's scary, like, and basically in this video, the person was like, that is just the serial killers that get caught. Yeah, Because they're not smart. Yeah, true. Because, I mean, there are a lot of them where, you know, they haven't been caught. And, I mean, a lot of people can't even identify them. Well, the other thing that kind of blows my mind, and this is kind of conspiratorial, you think about serial killers in general... Let's just say in America, mostly it's <clears throat> poor, middle to lower class white dudes. They commit all the fucking serial killing yeah. for the most part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting, you got to think as far as serial killers go, what happens if someone has a billion dollars and they're smart? And they can just get away with it. Yeah, they can just pay people off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here, don't talk. Well, it's like it's like the uh, I always think of like Bill Cosby in this instance. I don't think he was a serial killer. Yeah, but Bill Cosby, he was straight up just like drugging women and all this shit. Who's to say that one of those women didn't have a heart condition? Yeah, and that's true. Died. Yeah, you yeah know that's what, what I mean. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times, you know, when people do stuff like that, they're not really considering, you know, the what ifs. They're only <laughs> no. they're only caught in the moment of, you know, what they're really trying to get accomplished. So yeah, the what ifs is is another scary fucking factor to think about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, human nature in general. It's it's interesting to me because. Since the dawn of time, there has been war, there has been killing, and there has been rape. Yeah. But you could also say, on the other hand, since the dawn of time, people were probably banging two rocks together yeah. to make music. <laughs> yeah, true. And loving That's their true. families. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine, you know, the way people used to do stuff, you know, well before all the different instruments. I'm sure it was. And I mean, what's funny is I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't even realize that they were just making music, you know, by doing that stuff. No, they were just feeling it in yeah, the moment, yeah, completely just, in yeah. the flow state. Yeah, yeah, just with without any chance of really ever getting famous for it yeah, either, yeah. or getting any kind of recognition, because like that really hasn't been a thing until like maybe our grandparents' generation. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel like before then it w- it really wasn't like a big. What's the word I'm looking for? A big presence, I guess, in a sense. Uh, yeah, well, you weren't able to make definitely make money off of it you know certain certain cultures you can and that's the other crazy thing about music like every single culture in the world has uh its own form of music whether it's a remote amazon tribe yep or like memphis chicago like all the american cities that you were naming earlier they they all have a sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like everyone has their own unique sound. Because, I mean, me personally, you know, I prefer to listen to more of people that are in the South. 
Um, for you to be someone up north, you have to really like catch my attention in a sense. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe it's just the South. It's just, you know, where I feel comfortable. I feel like I really like kind of just like how people approach things in the South. The North just has a different sound for me. I'm not against it by any means. Um, and I mean, I have, you know, some artists that, you know, I can listen to that are from up North. But I feel like, you know, when it comes to like the way rap is, I feel like, you know, there's a separation with, you know, how the South does things opposed to, you know, New York or I feel like New York and, you know, any part of Louisiana or Florida or Texas, you know, two different sounds. I'm not sure why it's that way, but I, I've noticed it all my life. Well, it's, it's the same thing with, with, like, I think any form of music. And I wonder if it's due to just that, like, the human beings with their souls. Probably. Being yeah. at a certain place in a certain time, yeah. you know? yeah. Like the Motown sound. Yeah. <laughs> the, there is a sound. Or yeah. Memphis. Yeah, there's a definite sound that yeah. you hear. When you hear, it's just like certain times when you just hear the demeanor and the, the vibe that someone is delivering, you can almost kind of guess, you know, maybe what part of the country they may be originating from or maybe be, you know, sounding like, I guess, in a sense. Who were some of your, like, favorite rappers growing up that you were like, this is what I want to do? Man, so the best person that I could give out is Lil Wayne. He's always just been, like, so lyrical. And he's had so many things in the past, you know, with his Carter series where I would listen to things and I would be like, you know, how the hell did this guy come up with that? Like, where did this idea come from? Like, And there are a lot of times where sometimes I'll try to, like, you know, um, like, I guess reciprocate the way he's delivering things. And, you know, I always try to challenge myself by doing so, but I know for a fact I'm not nowhere close to, like, the level of, you know, creativity he comes up with because a lot of his shit's just off the fucking wall. Well, when you're first starting out, and it was this way for me, maybe you can relate to this, I was trying to emulate to find my own voice. It took me a while artistically to find my own voice and kind of... And it's always changing, yep. as it should be. Yep, but th- that's true. like, you are a soul in a body with a mind having an experience right now on this, whatever this reality is. And it, it so much of it has to do with the way that you view the world. And that can also change. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that changes through experience, age, and all of that. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> rambling. But uh, back to Little Wayne. So he... Um, is he from Alabama or Louisiana? Um, yeah, he's from Louisiana, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I thought so. I read an interesting thing about him that said he was shot in the chest when he was a kid. I'm not sure how true that is, but, you know, the way he was early in his career, that shit would not shock me. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a, I, I don't know, you know, like I said, whether it's true or not, but it's probably likely. Well, I think, too, the greatest artists uh, that exist, no matter the genre or even the medium... It's because they've experienced life. Yeah. They've experienced life and they've had a hard life. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to kind of add to that, man, that's, you know, I feel like I've went through, you know, my moments of things. And, you know, with that being said, I kind of feel like that's why this year I'm really pushing to do a lot of things differently. It's because last year um, I dropped a EP called Ambivalent. And pretty much it just talks about, you know, all the different things that's kind of happened throughout my life that I've not really ever you know, talked about. And for once, it felt real good, you know, to get all of those emotions out. 
So it's like kind of like since I've gotten all those emotions out, it makes me feel like this is a fresh start. You know, let's really go at it from the heart and, you know, let's really tell people, you know, what's really on your mind. Well, that's a, a form of vulnerability that uh, sometimes you have to have yeah, yeah, as and, an artist. And that's the crazy part. I, I want, Before then, man, I was never really the type to, you know, really open up like that. But, um, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and say it didn't, it didn't make me feel better. Like, I opened up, I felt better, and I felt like I've been able to, you know, be even better since then. You know, just getting it all out and just kind of just letting people know. A lot of people listen to some of the stuff. Um, you know, one of my songs on there is called Vent. I kind of just vent it to everyone, just letting them know, you know, how things have been in my life that I've never really, you know, spoke on. And a lot of people felt that pain. A lot of people, you know, really reached out to me, you know, just to be like, hey, I didn't know, you know, this, this, this and that happened to you. And I'm just like, yeah, man, like I don't tell people stuff because I mean, myself, I've always been a private person. But I and nobody do, likes a complainer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've always been a private person. I try not to complain about things. I feel like you know it is what it is. Life happens. You know, we we live and we learn. We always have to move on. I've always kept that mindset. Um, and you know, for the first time, that was really just me, just telling people, you know, my side of stuff, my side of the story. You know, and like I said, man, it's 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 made it's made a lot of things easier for me. I'll say that for sure. What inspired you to kind of be that vulnerable? Was there a certain thing that happened? So, so I mean, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, a lot of people would try to take advantage of, you know, the vulnerable side of you if they knew what some of your vulnerabilities were. So, I mean, with that being said, I've always tried to, you know, just keep it to myself. I've never really been the type, you know, to just open up or just talk to people about problems, you know, all that good stuff. So, you know, I mean, a lot of things happen and... I don't know, maybe it was just a flick of a switch in my head, and I just was like, you know what, all right, fuck it. You know, I'm tired of being nice. Let me just tell everybody what's up, and going forward, that's what I elect to do. It's just no more just kind of holding back. I just feel like at this point, it's just time to just let it out. If you don't like it, hell, go to hell. I, like, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Well, as, as men in America, too, that like we're not allowed to express those emotions. Of, oh, yeah. We're not, feeling, we're not feeling so hot today. Yeah, yeah. We're just expected to, like, show up and do our shit. And yeah. women have their own shit that they, they yeah. deal with. I'm not yeah. trying to say that. But, um, you know, I think men's mental health is not really talked about. It's, it's, it's really not, man. And I mean, you know, no shame to, you know, women. But, you know, a lot of times, man, when a lot of guys get to really you know, talking about some of these things. I know all women aren't this way, but I mean, some take advantage of that shit, man, and they use it against you. And I mean, you know, with that, it's kind of hard. With you know, vulnerabilities? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, that's why a lot of guys really don't, you know, really sit here and open up, you know, to their woman about, you know, what may be going on. is because a lot of times, you know, some of them don't try to understand. And I mean, I feel like, you know, as a guy, they want, you know, you carry around this image of, you know, hey, the tough guy, you know, just, you know, just dealing with stuff as it is. But at the same time, I mean, you know, we, we, us men, we need people to, you know, talk to and get things off our chest too, because I mean, shit, everybody has fucking feelings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't feel like they're always accounted for. And like I said, I mean, I know all women aren't this way, but I mean, you know, the women that have kind of, you know, taken advantage of men, you know, are the sole reason why, you know, a lot of guys don't do that. And I mean, I'm sure it's the same way, vice versa, you know, yeah, when it comes absolutely. to women. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, you know, it's much harder for a man to open up, you know, about, you know, how he's truly feeling just based on the stereotype that, you know, how women approach that. Uh, yeah, being a, a yeah. tough guy. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. Which th there is something to be said, I think, for being 
like emotionally resilient and strong. Yeah, that's true. For sure. And because you, you have to be in this world. Yeah, and this is where you have to be. Yeah. You can't you can't have a uh what's the word I'm looking for? You can't you can't have a soft heart. No. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> no but way. You, alternatively you also have to know in moments when it is okay to like for me, I'm I'm saying this for me because yeah. I'm really bad at this at being vulnerable. Yeah. Or trying to do that thing where it, I'm doing something good for someone. Yeah. And it's yeah. I'm like opening myself up potentially to a hazard. Yeah. Because I tend to like close myself off sometimes. Like yeah. I I I'm try to convince myself that I'm a robot sometimes <laughs> and that I can work without breaks and I can go without sleep. Yeah. And I figured out that's just not. The truth. It always catches up to you. It does, dude. It always. It, ca- it caught up to me. You know, I think for all of my 20s, I was just toiling away at working and chasing, also chasing success. Yeah. yeah. I, I had this idea of success. It'll, it'll make me feel better. But at a certain point, I, I started trying to chase like being an enlightened person. Yeah. Um, there's this book called the art of peace and it's written by this, uh, this guy who was like a feudal Japanese dude, like samurai. And he basically talks about, and this is all hard, very hard shit to practice because it goes against human nature. You know, he talks about, you know, whenever you have like a a beef or some kind of spat with someone not dwelling on it. And not uh, bad-mouthing them to, to other people and being like, oh, fuck this person, you know, yada, yada, yada. Because yeah, yeah. it brings you down. Yeah. It brings me down. And, you, and you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with. And, I mean, even me, myself, sometimes, you know, just finding my peace and just, you know, keeping, you know, my peace. And, I mean, it's challenging. It's, it's a hard fucking thing to do. But it's like once you finally find that, it's fucking golden, like. You don't worry about a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I would say for myself, I feel like I'm constantly trying to find that. It's something yeah. I'm constantly yeah. having to work on. Because like my definition of freedom and also of peace has changed over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, with age comes wisdom. So, I mean, you start to think about things differently. You start to see things differently. And, I mean, something you viewed... 10 years ago, you probably won't have the same view, you know, 10 years later, especially if you're going through certain experiences and stuff. It's all, you know, bound to change for sure. Yeah. I mean, life is filled with both comedy and tragedy. Oh, yeah. 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 And you have to you have to take the the comedy as it is and, you know, make the best of it. And the tragedy, you know, you have to you have to get through it. You have to. It's never easy, but, you know, you have to you have to find a way. There's this great quote, and I don't know where I read it, where it came from, or who said it, but they said you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're just leaving a storm. I feel like that is the cycle of life. It is. <laughs> I feel like that is literally the cycle of life. It, every, everybody goes through those cycles, and I mean, that happens you know, multiple times throughout your life. It's really just about you know, how do you learn from that, how do you bounce back from that, and how do you not let that you know, keep you... How do, you, how do you get out of the storm? How do you not allow yourself to stay, you know, within, you know, that troubled area? Yeah, well, and every single time it's like you're finding new solutions to yeah. new problems and you're growing as a human being yeah. while doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's the most important part. As long as you're growing, I feel like, you know, you're progressing as a human. You know, I feel like that's actually the perfect spot to end it at. 
Where can people find you at? Um, so a lot of people can find me on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Uh, my Instagram handle is uh, it's T Wall. So that is I T S T E E W A L L S. Um, you can look me up on any streaming platform. Searching T Walls. Uh, my new single Rise Up uh, was released on my birthday, which was a few weeks ago, which was February 11th. So I mean, you know, everyone feel free to check that out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on every streaming platform. I'm on TikTok. Um, Search anywhere. I have my own website, www.twalsh.com. I post all my new content on there if you want to just, you know, go to one website. But I'm on every social site for sure. Here is Rise Up by T. Walls. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nigga. Now it's time to rise up more and more to make the hater sour. Elevated myself to the top of the tower. Money, 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 I want all the power. It's time to rise up. Now it's time to rise up more and more to make the hater sour. Elevated myself to the top of the tower. Money, 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 I want all the power. It's time to rise up. Thank you.